What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Built on Hope. It's our all and or talk show. We're a few weeks behind, but we're going to catch up on a few episodes today. We're talking seven, eight, and nine. As we just said pre-show, it's kind of hard to spoil the show. It's so in-depth. It's it's in the Star Wars universe, yet at the same time, I don't know that we've gotten to a place where I would feel like there was a big reveal or spoilers. But if that is important to you, hit pause, come back to this after you've watched those episodes again. Episodes 7, 8, and 9 of Andor. I'm Josiah Leroy with me today. Oh my gosh, who's this guy? I don't even know who he is. Baba Yaga, he's lost some facial hair there. He is repping the Movember, even though it wasn't for Movember originally. That's a good John point. <laughs> what do we got going on there? You're, I, I'm loving it, first of all. Second of all, really, really pretty shirt. And oh, we're yeah. not wearing the same one for once. We're uh, not. It's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, uh, the, the Movember, man, the mustache. I'm not digging it. I do not like being able to see this much on my face. I don't dislike the mustache. I just don't like not having my beard. Uh, as you may have guessed, I did it for a Halloween costume, as, as most people, you know, that, that's the reasoning behind most people getting rid of their facial hair nowadays is for Halloween costume. That's what I did. I was, I was Hopper from Stranger Things. So I, I shaved it down. I'm letting it come back for sure. Uh, but yeah, Joe, this this is episode seven, eight, and nine. That's that was no coincidence. We we had to save, you know, objectively the best things about Star Wars seven, eight, and nine to just talk about it together, right? Does it get um, any better? I, it doesn't. Like, you know, I'm so happy you said that. You pulled that out of my subconscious mind. Uh, seven, eight, and nine. Uh, most people would agree the best parts of the the Star Wars films, and for no particular reason, are. just great numbers. You know, they really are. And uh, <laughs> speaking of which, the Sabres, uh, they have seven wins, right? They do. Yeah, that sounds right. They do. How about that? Yeah. They almost uh, scored seven uh, goals last night. Oh, my gosh. And they scored more than seven goals two nights ago. Wow. Because hockey is fun in Buffalo again. What a time to be a Buffalo sports fan. But we're not here to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. We'll catch that later on our video game talk show. Here it's Because Andor, that makes sense. <laughs> busy sticks, man. Okay, that makes a little more sense. That, that's our tie-in. So for uh, for these episodes here, uh, I'll give just a kind of a quick recap on episodes seven and eight. Nine is very fresh, I think, for both of us because we, we just watched that one this week. Uh, but for episode seven, the fallout from the Aldani heist is swift and seismic, shaking the Imperial Security Bureau on Coruscant into action and prompting more intrigue for Senator Mon Mothma. Episode eight, while in hiding, Cassian is swept up in an Imperial crackdown with little more than a false identity to protect him. The, the Empire is unaware of his true past, but sends him to prison in a maximum security prison. Now, question on that. I feel like I missed it. Maybe that sentence right there just summed it up. Do we know why he went to jail? Did They, they just thought he was... A part of that crowd that was running for on sure. the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think it was it was a little jarring for me too. But I think once you once you kind of get past that, you, you start to realize like, wow, this is how insane the empire is right now. Like he he's he's captured for literally nothing. He's just walking down the beach, like looking a little suspicious because you know he's, he's Cassian Andor and he's got a suspicious look on his face. He gets captured, and even even during his little trial, they say it, they say it there. It's like, ooh, bad luck. This this just got changed from a six month to a six year sentence. That's that's how corrupt the the you know the empire is making things right now. We have no reason for you to be in jail, but there goes six years six years of your life. Yeah, at least right. Yeah, I love when uh, that that lady goes take it up with the emperor. It's like oh my gosh, brutal man. So uh, episode nine, I won't recap, but I think all these kind of blend together. So we'll be a little bit all over the map. But uh, th this is a really good insight as to why you should hate the empire. 
And it's funny, like there are so many reasons you really could get there on. And whether you you saw the movies, you read the books, you saw some of the TV shows, Rebels. Um, we know that the Emperor and Darth Vader are inherently evil, but they're not alone. They're just the, the, the top of the top here. We see some crazy psychotic Imperial commandos. We've got uh, the ISB and what they're doing. There's a lot of politics involved. It is really ugly. And what Andor as a whole is doing really nicely, we've talked about, is capturing the intensity of all of this. It's giving us reason and insight into why the Empire really got the way that it's did. You know, it was always going to be a bad thing, but it really got dark. And we're seeing that kind of firsthand after that Aldani heist, because they've got to make an example of a few planets and it's spreading across the galaxy quickly. Yeah, I don't think any Star Wars like project has done a better job at a day in the life and showing you what the the spread and you know the the control and the fear the empire has on the galaxy like they are just doing such a good job showing you the life of the, the citizens um the, the senators the, the people who are even trying to spark this you know this rebellion that isn't a rebellion yet basically um they're just doing such a good job showing like the grip that the empire has and they're doing it in just like a i don't know uh, almost like a very mundane way, showing like people's mundane lives, but showing how much the Empire has, you know, impacted those day to day things, like being able to walk down a beach. Yeah, it's it. It really makes you feel like you're watch, like you're really looking over your shoulder for no reason because they can just do whatever the heck they want, um, and that makes Mon Mothma's character, I think, all the more, um deep, really, because right, yeah. she's publicly doing this in the Senate, and at any time. The emperor could just make an example of her. They they could just do away with this. It, we see the Senate in this uh, in one of these last episodes here, and I love it. I love that it looks like it did in the prequels, but at the same time, it's kind of a joke now. Yeah, right. Like people are just booing. They're people not just start. Attention. They just stop listening. They just shut their lights off and they just leave when she's in the middle of her. You know, her middle of her speech. It's brutal times right now, but she's still pushing back, even though. Not everyone's listening. Right. And I feel like that really makes her character, like I said, all the more impactful. Yeah, you talk about the depth of her character. This is skipping ahead a little bit, I think. But I mean a lot of these these a lot of these last three episodes are pretty centric on uh Mod Mothma's character and learning a bit more about her. But man, like she's pretty conflicted about whether or not to be all in with this rebellion thing. Like she is not very faithful that this is gonna work. Like she there, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of questions that she has and there's you know, she she is not the Mon Mothma we know from the from the original trilogy and from you know, episode one, this bright eyed, like, you know, rebel, right? She's certainly not that. She's anything but she's doing her political career and she's like I think very, very worried about the the work that the rebellion is doing. I think that's exactly it. Like, I, I think at her core, she feels what we saw in later times with Mon Mothma. But she she just can't be there yet because she doesn't have the confidence. At any point, they could squash her. The Rebel Alliance isn't a thing. We know that the Rebel, uh, these different Rebel pockets exist. We saw Saw Guerrera a little bit, which was great. Forrest Whitaker coming back from his, uh, reprising his role from Rogue One. And like that's i think going to be the point of of this plus season two is to show how the rebel alliance becomes an alliance and they start banding together instead of just these little pockets here and there and um you know these little victories that really at the end, at the end of the day don't mean anything they're just blips on the radar for the empire so obviously they get together and eventually down the road do something much bigger but uh man th this series is dark Let, let's I, maybe let's get into to some of the stuff that we just saw in this week's episode, episode nine. We start right off the bat and Bix is being interrogated. And uh, what a what a horrific 
torture method. Like I, I just assumed when we saw that doctor there, they call him a doctor. They, he was going to come around with like a probe droid. Oh no, we're taking it way more intense than that. Right? Like they, they talk about this species um, that the empire, they took over this planet. They didn't like them. So they slaughtered them. And the, basically the squeal of the, the anguish of them dying is what they captured in audio form. And this one in particular is like the squeal of the, the children dying, which is just very gruesome. It is. It, like you said, this is the darkest Star Wars has been. And it might not be dark in the way that like you're talking about gore, like maybe some of the stuff we saw uh, in Obi-Wan with Vader being like brutal and gory and stuff like that. No, but this is like psychologically and thematically dark. It really is. And uh, it, <sighs> what an intense sequence with Bick sitting in that chair, right? As it zooms up on her. And she, she tried They put the headset on her. She tries to withhold and then she lets out that scream. That is Dude. maybe the most intense moment in Star Wars history that I can recall. That sing, yeah, that single screen, it's up there. It's very intense. That, that whole scene was, was just, again, it just like a, a, another look at how just how insane the Empire is and how brutal they are. The conversation they're having, Vix doesn't even answer a question. And she says, are you going to believe what I say anyways? Like, you're, I know you're already going to use your force. Like, I know you're already going to, you know, Use that doctor for whatever he's here for. What's the point of me answering? You're not going to believe me anyways. You're, you're gonna you're gonna beat it out of me regardless, even if I do tell you the truth. Like it's just brutal. Yeah, it really is. And Marissa in the chat says uh, mental torture as opposed to physical torture, which I think yeah is a big part of this because the Empire needs to. Of course, at any point they can they can wipe out using physical force. You know, just about any any pocket, any planet, minus like the Death Star using that super weapon, but. Uh, the psychological stuff is where it's at because there's it's much harder to recover from that in some cases. Read online somewhere, I don't recall which outlet said it, but um, for this most recent episode, they they said that the Empire is much scarier without Sith Lords and super weapons. And I agree. It feels it, it, way more real, doesn't that, it? Exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. Like You could see a world where like a, a, a crazy dystopian world where somehow something like this can happen. You can't see a world where maybe there's a, an Emperor Palpatine or maybe a Darth Vader with a lightsaber and, you know, force choking people. But you can see something like this. You can see like a bureaucracy or a dictatorship just go too far. And like you can put yourself in Bix's shoes and it's, it's freaking scary. It really is. It feels so much more realistic uh, with how things are going. Um in the beginning of episode nine, past the torture sequence, we also saw, um, oh my gosh, the name of the commander that, not the commander. Cyril? Yes. Cyril Karn? It, it was on the tip of my tongue. Thank you, John. <laughs> Talk about psychotic. Dude. Like, borderline creepy, but they're both awful, right? Like, so in that sequence, they're talking to each other. He was waiting for her as she was going to the ISB. And he said he's come he multiple times trying to find her. <laughs> He he almost literally says that he stalked her. Yeah, it, you can tell there's a a sick part of a sick part of her that is flattered. Yes, but she has to also maintain the facade that hey, I'm a I'm a higher up in the ISB and I can end you and I can have you put in jail for even just touching me. I, I have and, to go. I have to go on the record and say like early on when we were doing built on how first few episodes, I had a theory like oh maybe she's gonna turn good. Maybe that's why we're focusing on her. Nah, she's she's a piece of shit. Like she is she. Horrible. Oh god, she's she's so dark. I don't know why. I don't know what what I saw, but I was so wrong. No, I I see what you were seeing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But the, <laughs> it yeah. could have been like she was a sympathizer, right? Because she was. She didn't find her footing yet. She didn't assert herself the way she has been. Like I, we, I couldn't tell what she was holding back. I couldn't tell if she was holding back a sense of like rebel, you know, for lack of a better term, rebellion, or the fact that she didn't agree. I couldn't tell what she was hiding. What she was hiding is that she just wanted to burst out and be like the grossest MF of them all. 
she's she's like Hux times ten, you know? Like, right, exactly. Kind of crazy, but I see what you were saying because I think there was a, a it was almost portrayed that like she wasn't getting the respect that she thought she deserved, and her fellow commanders were treating her like she was a joke. And the guy that runs the whole thing was not taking her seriously. In fact, he was almost penalizing her in some cases with how assignments were being divvied up. So I was like, oh man, she's got a foot out the door. But uh, things turned the other way, right? Like she she had a few wins on the board. She built that confidence. And now she has gone full-blown psycho. So yeah, Cyril, man. <laughs> I hope those two don't go anywhere near the top of the, the food chain here because they are they are off the charts. Uh, so the the prison stuff. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. I mean, that's that's been pretty bizarre. I think that's like maybe one of like the most interesting story beats of Andor th- so far for me. Like this this idea of this prison. It's like no, we don't need weapons. The floor is the weapon. We were not not only is this like a physical torture where if you step on the floor, we can just you know turn the electricity on at any time. The mental anguish just knowing they can do that whenever they want to. Like what a what a absolutely brutal way to run a prison. And. As soon as they made them take their shoes off, I was like, oh, no. What's up? Yeah, go. what's going on here? Like, that that alone, if there's no weapon built into the floor, is is a, another psychological thing. You take away someone's shoes, it, it's, it's this whole I'm better than you kind of thing, and that's what the Empire does, right? But just absolutely brutal. And I got to tell you, every time we flash to anything in these last two episodes in the prison, I can't look away. I don't know what it is. But I am I am really glued to the screen when it comes to details for this. Yes, um, like uh, just a little bit more than usual. Yeah, it, it's 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 just like a, it's it's a, it's a part of Star Wars we haven't seen before. We know that the Empire is you know crazy. We know that there's obviously people in prisons and um you know uh basically slave labor camps, which is what this is. It's a, it's a labor prison. Uh, but how about Andy Circus popping up? Did we know that he was going to be in this at all? Was this a surprise for everybody? So that was my my next bullet point here. Uh. No, that was not known that he was going to be in this. At least nothing that I had seen or, or any sort of speculation. But Supreme Leader Snoke, you know, it's, it's yeah. one outlet also said they're like, oh, we get to see Andy Serkis really, really, uh, I guess, use his abilities because he didn't get to do that as Snoke. It was like, oh, right. That's how he's built his career is with like mocap and like character work like that. But I think he's such a good actor, man. He's so good in this. He is good in this. I think, uh, well, first of all, I love Snoke, and I thought it was portrayed beautifully. So that, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, he's, but. he's Gollum too; like he's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I love getting some FaceTime with this character. Uh, also, Claw in uh, in the MCU, right? Yeah. So we get he's all over the place, but he he's got a presence here, and I I love the character. I love the way he commands. Uh, essentially that room, that unit or the floor uh, of what's going on in this slave camp. And uh, yeah, the more Andy circus, the better for me. But John, that was not a well-known thing that he was going yeah, to be in this. I didn't think so. Yeah. It felt like a good little surprise, but yeah, the, like you said, the way he commands it. And like, there's just that sense that he maybe, maybe at one point he was this bright eye, bright eyed, like, you know, doughy eyed, like maybe I'll get out of here one day guy, like, like Andor is like, you know, plotting the escape. And I know there's obviously more, more to that that comes with some more new information we get towards the end of the episode, but you can tell he was beaten into shape. Like he was, he was broken and now he's basically, uh, you know, working for the, working for the oppressors, you know? He really is. Uh, I, I love the dynamic, which is again, horrible with, you know, basically the, in the manufacturing room. Like, what are they putting together, by the way? At yeah. first, I thought it was it was feet for like an at-at. I was like, wait a sec. 
but I don't think that's what it is. My, yeah, when I saw the colors, my thought was that like, well, we we forgot to shout out the fact that we saw uh, uh, those K K droids. What are they called? The K something attack droids. The what what, what K two S O ends up oh, being. That's dude, a really cool like, thing. Thank you for bringing that up, real quick. So, imagine how excited I was when I thought maybe that dude, was the moment. Same here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, okay, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Because we are gonna get K two probably in season two. Exactly at this point. I was so yeah. excited. I was like, oh, he's going to meet his best friend. Nope. <laughs> that's no, for the he movie. just held him. Oh, it's just, yeah, what a cool little reveal. Like, that's a fun little, like, you know, nothing crazy. But, like, yeah, that's what those are. They're called KX security droids. The only time, I, the only other time I remember seeing them was in Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, but, yeah, seeing those, seeing those, those things in, in live action, doing what they're supposed to do and, you know, hold, you know, hold the justice and the peace for, you know, from their perspective. Man, those things are crazy. They really are. They, the, they. It was funny, like when he was choking him. That's why I thought he was gonna somehow like talk his way out of it, right? Even though, like, they're programmed droids. So, alas, we'll have to to wait a, f- a few more episodes, right? So, but that. just to circle back to the prison, when I saw the color of the stuff they were making, I thought maybe it was like arms and legs for that thing at first, but then it you know quickly you know it is much bigger and it's probably just like a piece of a. It might. Need, what if it's like a piece of the Death Star? I don't know. Like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? They're, 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 sure we'll they obviously it. need a lot of them, so it's like maybe they're like joints for the Death Star, or maybe you know maybe it does just have something to do with ships or droids or something like that. But yeah, it, it's kind of cool. I'm I'm sure someone somewhere on YouTube has, you know, on, on these expert Star Wars channels has the answer for that. Uh, but I I love even the dynamic of how they put those things together. I love that they have to work in teams, and the 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 one that does the the least amount of work really gets screwed for the day. The one that does the the best amount of work gets a little bit of a bonus, and it's not saying much, right? You're in a slave camp, but you get solid food for, for for you know your reward, Taste, yeah, you get flavor it, in your food. Right? Is, is that how they said it? Exactly, and so they they've got their little squad, and I gotta say, it hit me right off the bat in episode eight. That old guy, man. Oh yeah, I was like, I just it's so it was so sad to me, and that was where I was like, all right, this prison is really a problem. Because you don't care. You're throwing really what equates to an elderly guy in there. Who we find out in episode nine only had 40, 40 shifts left, right? So 40, 40 days left before he was able to get out. Um, and it was so sad. I think that was one of the most gripping moments for me when he he has that stroke. We didn't know it was a stroke, right? At, at first. And his team is trying to like keep him up so they don't get in trouble. They're even Andor taking on extra tasks for him yeah, so he, that they could stay ahead. Right. Um, and then when he, they get a doctor in that hallway there and he basically says, I'm, I'm killing him. I can't help him. Like he could help him. We, we believe, but he wants to end his life because things are about to get a lot worse. Yeah. Well, we, I think I got more of the vibe. It's like, no, they don't give me the tools to, to help people here. Like he had a stroke. Like I can't, I can't do anything more than, you know, kill this guy. <laughs> Steve, that that's very well. One way to take it. Um, that could be a thing. I my thought was this guy because they asked him what happened on the the second floor, right? I think it was where the what are the floors? Yeah, second floor. Yeah, the, the second floor. Where, yep, hundred percent. All the whispers are starting to happen that something bad happened, and the empire ended up wiping out essentially the whole that floor. Whole, yeah, of of prisoners. I like that that moment happens, and then. As we're ending the episode, we're walking away. Andy Serkis's character says, "There's never more than twelve men on a floor." I love it. That's the, yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. He's like his, you know, his beaten down, militarized view of this place is like he's kind of waking up to the fact that 
like no i'm not getting out of here well, nobody's getting out of here this is this is this is too much like we got maybe maybe andor's right let's, let's fight back a little bit here uh, <laughs> yeah man it's it's intense stuff uh, uh the the next part of that for me is i'm really excited to see him with Cassian and what that is going to look like in terms of a prison break. Yes, that's going to be a fun little arc. I mean, you assume that's probably the last... Uh, I mean, it kind of seems like everything so far has fit into these like three-episode pockets, right? So yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're, we're getting maybe into the final arc here, so maybe the prison break is the, the whole next one. But yeah, I love to see what, like, what Cassian's working on. We see that every time he goes to the bathroom, he pops open that, that panel, and he's got a little knife, and he's sawing on something. So I don't know, does he know what that does? Hopefully, we'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, going back to before I forget, I want to say, in, yeah, episode eight, that one prisoner who just was done and ended up stepping out onto the floor. Yeah. A, a, just one more kind of tick mark in why this is so brutal and why the Empire is so awful. Um, Mon Mothma, I, I think we, we touched on her character, obviously, at the beginning of this. I like the little connection that her cousin is Vel. Yeah, that was a cool, like, cool reveal. You know, Star Wars always uh, tends to be about family in some way, shape, or form. So two of our prominent characters here, again, are related. Um, so I, I like seeing that a little bit. But uh, we, I think you're right. We've almost had like mini trilogies here, these three episode arcs every time in terms of what the story looks like. So I got to imagine going into the final three here, 10, 11, and 12, we're going to get what that prison break looks like. Probably a lot of action in that 12th episode. And then I also got to imagine some sort of cliffhanger because we know that we are getting a second season of this. We don't have to worry about it being renewed. It is already in production. So, John, anything we missed? Anything else to, to kind of talk about? Or if you're, you're joining us live, it's twitch.tv slash the Geekiverse. Uh, put it in the chat if there's something that you wanted us to discuss. Yeah, nothing, nothing on my end, man. I'm just, I'm just really enjoying this. Like, it's, it's such a unique Star Wars show. You, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, people could watch this and, and not even realize it's a Star Wars show. Show you, you would certainly know that it's, it's sci-fi related because you know there's planets and space and stuff like that. But there's not much direct tie to what we classically know as Star Wars. Um, and it's just such a cool, cool perspective. And one of the most interesting time periods in, in Star Wars is, you know, that, that time right there when the Empire is in control between those trilogies. So yeah, I'm, I'm just loving to see the way the, the way the, you know, the way the sausage is made with the Empire, basically. Yeah. And it, it's amazing to see how quickly they, they flipped, right? Like, cause they, they, we know that they were in control and everything was tight, but things really got intense when they got embarrassed with that heist. Yep. And uh, I, I think if you think about some of the things that uh, they talk about in the, the later episodes uh, of TV shows, as well as the movies and Princess Leia is talking to Tarkin saying, you know, the, the more you tighten your grip, the more planets slip through your fingers. And I think about that quote as I'm thinking about these episodes here for Andor so far. Uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Definitely a slow roll uh, to begin. It's still not a very fast-paced show, but it doesn't have to be, and that's the beauty of it. For sure. So something definitely different, and um, maybe you know, even though this isn't quite, I guess, in the Star Wars flavor or vibe that we get from other Star Wars uh, sub IPs and, and different shows and series, I think this is this could be a gateway for some people. They'll yeah. enjoy this show just for what it is and not feel like they have to know a lot of Star Wars lore, but maybe they like it so much that they, they check out The Mandalorian. They're on Disney Plus, right? You got the whole Star Wars catalog there, basically. Yep. So, uh, you know, it could be a good opportunity for sure. All right. 
we'll wrap up this episode here of Built on Hope. Thanks for joining us live at twitch.tv slash thegeekiverse. You can watch the video back at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse, or you can listen on podcast services around the globe, wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, in a bit, if you're hanging out with us live on Twitch, we're actually going to be talking about another Star Wars property. We are reviewing Tales of the Jedi, which was a six-part miniseries that came out last week. Uh, what a series it was. It has scored very, very well critically. And I got to say, it is one of my favorite animated Star Wars things ever. So we're going to tear into that. Hang around with us here. For John, I'm Josiah. We'll catch you in just a little bit. <laughs>